0: good morning in case we don't see each other again good afternoon good evening and good night bang whether you're team elite or team punk one thing certain everyone loves the acclaimed you're listening to the bingo hall boys a podcast not certified or endorsed in any way, shape, or form by Smart Mark Sterling or Mercedes Renato, formerly known as Sasha Banks. But if they listened, it almost certainly would be. I'm Mitch, and joining me is my co-host Jake Peralta. How's it going?
1: I'm doing good, man. That was, uh, that was a lot. I'm shocked you didn't take a, a breather in the middle of that.
0: I'm just doing my best Excalibur impression, man. What can I say? <laughs>
1: coming up next week dude i will say i had a moment while watching dynamite where i was like we are getting so i started watching wrestling in like the early aughts so my favorite commentating team was michael cole and taz they were a great team and taz was really good looking back it's a miracle that he was that good and then now that I'm older and I've gone back, I've watched WCW stuff. I'm like, oh, Schiavone's like the best. And then I'm a Reseda kid. So, like, Excalibur, I'm just like, that's my dude. So, like, watching the show is like, dude, this is the best commentary team ever. It's so good.
0: It's getting up there for me. And I, like, I started watching in 94, but I really got hooked on like the the 87 to 92 stuff so i mean gorilla monsoon and jesse ventura were the, the goats for me and there's there's these moments on dynamite where i'm like man like we're living that again like that level of commentary and this is really special
1: it's pretty cool i am um, we were texting about show stuff and you were like dude you sound pretty down on wrestling I'm Like, <laughs> well, current stuff is like so hit or miss for me and the majority of it's missing so I we might need to set up a uh two thousand twenty three retro watch through <laughs> something like that. Just go back and revisit some stuff. But um yeah, no, everything's going really good. Just again, busy with work, busy with, you know, house projects. We're uh staying busy. What have you been up to?
0: Well, track seasons, getting close to getting close to go time. I mean a lot of our few days over christmas where things quiet down but beyond that we're this is this is the time of the year where a lot of the work gets done and then we get to watch the, the results for a couple months and then get right back at her so
1: now you guys do christmas up in canada right
0: yeah yeah we, we do
1: sorry i couldn't help myself and at the same time
0: of year we don't split it up like thanksgiving we we do it december 20 let's go just like america <laughs> with the freedom calendar we're we're buying in
1: so do you guys have any Christmas traditions, anything like that? When, uh, when does the, when does the Canadian tree go up?
0: I'd say the average Canadian tree probably goes up today, like December 1st. Um, our Canadian tree goes up whenever the hell we get around to it. Remember sometimes that's also October 20th. Sometimes that's December 24th. It really, it's, it's roulette. So we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, I get it. We just, uh, Got our big dude. This is how I know I've made it in life. I grew up like, as MJF would say, a poor. <laughs> yeah. I I, ha, I have a basement with a sectional, which is like, oh my God. We've talked about it before on the show. And now we have two Christmas trees, one for the basement and one for upstairs. I'm like, oh my God, I'm the richest man alive. it
0: four the vibes. Nobody has two TVs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know. But yeah, you know, $40 at a target sale later. So our basement tree is kind of like a, a skinnier one that my wife does as a nightmare before Christmas theme. So technically we can put that shit up like early October and just let it roll. So we didn't do that. I think it happened around Thanksgiving, but I'm just saying no hate for me. Christmas trees are rad. Theoretically, I could probably leave it up year round and just change out the decorations. That's not weird, right?
0: I had a small, like kind of mini Christmas tree, like an artificial one, but like it was like one of those kind of Oh two- yeah, both of ours are artificial, yeah. yeah. It's like one of those two or three feet tall ones that are meant to just be like little accessory type ones. I left it up with the same decorations for five straight years and it didn't come down.
1: <laughs> How old were you?
0: Uh it would have been 16 to 21, because it came down when I moved out of home, and I moved out when I was 21.
1: Okay. I, I I was like, if that's if you're a kid, that's precious. If you're like, oh, yeah, it was, I was 35. It's <laughs> like, whoa, 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 whoa.
0: It was somewhere in the middle, and it was basically just indifference. It's like, eh, I could take it down. At this point, it's been up so much, it's kind of a running gag, so we're just going <laughs> to leave it there. Used to it.
1: Yeah. Speaking of indifference, uh, I think we need to uh touch on uh Thunder rosa Oh man.
0: Thunder Rosa. So we've got So a-, a lot
1: a lot happened this week, and surprisingly, not a lot of people knew about it. Like I uh, I had heard some stuff from my sources, just the corner of the internet that I go to, and you heard a lot more from your corner. But like everything else, it's like all quiet on the Western front. And I'm like, what? This is insane. No one's talking about this.
0: Yeah. So there's been a couple interesting things that I've seen in the Thunder Rosa a story of late 2022. Um, one of the interesting things, and this is a small thing, but this stuck out to me, Um On ringside collectibles, which is the big like wrestling figure kind of conglomerate site, like they're the place to go before it hits your Walmarts or your targets or anything like that. Their big Black Friday sale, Thunder Roses like debut figure is down to nine American dollars, which was about 75% of the rest of the ones that came in her wave, which included the machine Brian Cage, who is not selling like hotcakes. Um, Right. the thing that's interesting is ringside's very careful with who they mark up who they mark down they're trying to keep up they're trying to do like stepladder pricing for demand and everything so they're clearly not anticipating any major demand for a thunder rosa figure in the near future at all
1: well and then I also saw that they're planning on doing an exclusive one very soon and I was like oh no oh no I
0: think that one's even already been decreased from its original price. It's supposed to be like the, the blood and guts one from her lights out match with Thunder Rosa. Sure. That one, I mean, that one with will probably Britt. still sell because it's holy crap, Mitch will probably still sell because it's cool. But yeah, it's, it's telling that hers was the cheapest one in that wave. Um, I mean, historically women, female figures don't sell as well, just like female wrestling historically doesn't sell as well. So we could just attribute it to that, but there's an older Statlander one from like a year prior that is still priced higher than Rosa's. So that was very, there's no demand. And the other interesting thing, I listened to the entire Marina Shafir podcast with uh, Renee Paquette. Um,
1: I need to tell you right now that is insane behavior.
0: What can I say? Renee's a fellow Canadian. So
1: I have no problem with Renee Paquette. Just saying, but the fact that you were like, I'm gonna sit down and listen to this Marina Shafir interview, you know, what, you probably- are doing your due diligence as a fan, and I commend it. But you're you're teetering into like super fan, you're on a watch list territory list so, in the Marina I mean, Shafir like, interview. And the <laughs> podcast
0: isn't gonna be entirely wrestling, right? It's never going to be. They're always gonna delve into their personal lives. Sure, Marina sure. makes a hell of a sourdough bread. And as someone who's a great cook and a horrible baker, you know what? I was really hoping for the inside scoop. Now, unfortunately, I didn't... The
1: Tom Papa of the AEW women's (laughs) division.
0: Yeah, so you know what? I didn't get that. But what did stumble about were some interesting comments that were not directly naming Thunder Rosa, but sure screamed, I'm talking about Thunder Rosa. So I assume this one was filmed just a couple weeks prior because... As I'll get into after, I have a pretty good timeline on Renee's podcast, so I think this was filmed probably two weeks ago and just came out. I would assume
1: that she would do them at least two weeks in advance.
0: Yeah, but not not much more. Not one of the like the AEW one where it's like more like a month, month and a half backlog because they're filming batches. Like Renee tends to kind of film more week to week. Um, Marina was talking about things in the locker room. It started talking about why, like the the four MMA women versus the four horse women didn't happen. And she said kind of because of egos and that led into a discussion about the locker room in AEW. And Marina mentioned the problem of having a woman who felt like she was bigger than the show and it was about her and not the entire division. And they were in that state for a few months and everybody in the locker room slowly learning to trust again Um, There's only one person that's really left that locker room in the last few months on the female side, and it's Thunder Rosa. And this just so happens around the exact time Jamie Hayter wins the title and they drop the interim stuff. Marina didn't say this. She didn't name names. But if you're reading between the lines, there's really only Mm. one it could possibly be about, and it sure as hell ain't Britt Baker.
1: Dude. Yeah, I'm I don't know with stuff like that. I'm just like, it's pretty telling, but at the same time, it's like, I, it seems like everyone's basically down on her. Um, it's, it's going to be really bizarre to see if she ends up coming back. And honestly, like the women's division could be in a totally different place whenever she does come back. If she comes back, um, she's no longer the best. I mean, there was a time she was the best wrestler on the roster, And now I'm just like, I don't, is she, is she top five
0: on the edge teetering? I don't even know if she's top five anymore.
1: I would have to assume so. I mean, we've got hater and Tony storm. Uh, I mean, she'd have to be three, right?
0: Deep. Sheeta.
1: I wouldn't. Well, until Sheeta starts laying her stuff in.
0: I mean, but I'm.
1: But oh, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 Statlander. I I like Statlander more. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm. We started off really big on her and then kind of soured. Yeah. I I don't want to totally write her off because I think that there is some positive stuff there besides the character stuff backstage. Um, honestly, I think she would greatly benefit from the thing that we keep talking about of just doing a women's YouTube show to replace darker elevation and which sucks because like dark and elevation have been heading in a pretty good place. I don't want to just totally derail that, but we got to do something.
0: So dark, dark and elevation have been experiencing some pretty significant changes. I've been known as the regular watcher of dark, even in the horrid times. And there were some horrid times, but it, uh, We've been getting more storylines. There's been more roster versus roster matches. I mean, they're undercard matches because that's what it's for. But, you know, you're getting undercard matches with people that are all under some type of contract. A lot of them are still going to be your four to six minute matches. But with those undercard things, that's not a bad thing. Not every match should go 20 minutes and they can do a lot in those four to six minutes. We've got stories advancing. We've got characters developing. We're starting to see recaps from dark spots on dynamite because it actually matters. And my God is Paul white. Awesome. On commentary on dark. I mean, Mark Henry would, yeah, he's, but Paul white is, I mean, he's
1: making a lot of money at it. So I'm glad he's getting good at it.
0: He is. He is really impressing me. I, I think in the next like six to eight months when Jr retires, when his contract ends, at least retires from commentary, it it might be time to give Paul White that shot on Rampage because I think he's he's earned the chance to prove himself on on television.
1: Yeah, and I think he would have a good dynamic too. I mean, I obviously him and Jericho get along well. Yeah. And I mean him cutting it up with Excalibur and Taz would be wild.
0: Oh, that would be a ton of fun. I mean, it's it's fun enough listening to him and Daddy Magic cut it up right now. They oh my-
1: gosh that that is an insane team and i i think it's criminally underrated because the majority of people don't watch it but it's like it's really good it's really good
0: they're fantastic together so speaking other- of
1: fantastic together you want to talk about uh dax and cm punk
0: i do want to talk about dax and cm punk but before, <laughs> before i move too far forward from
1: uh sure from- sure, sure sure
0: oh renee i gotta to touch uh I had an interesting moment where my two worlds collided. Right after I finished this Marina Shafir podcast, I noticed Renee Paquette doing a podcast with the Canadian record holder in pole vault, Alicia Newman. And
1: oh, hey, yeah, world you're world not world. kidding. That she's yeah. basically podcasting for you.
0: I know, right? It was really wild. And like Alicia's had a crazy story. She got some uh, public attention both from being in an abusive relationship with an NFL player. Um, which she talks about a lot on there. Um, she had a mini scandal with a bad interview about when she launched her OnlyFans, where she made a killing. Oh my gosh, is that a money, money maker? Um, talked about a crazy bad concussion she got that almost took her out of the sport. Like it was, it was a cool listen. And I mean, even last year when we were at, they host junior and senior nationals together in Canada because we don't have 50 million people in our country. So like we, right. We do it all as one big thing. So I was there and I even remember like talking with some of our coaches and about, about Alicia. And she was, she was there. She was racing hurdles beside some people from, from Saskatoon and that. And it was really cool. So it was wild to see her on this podcast. That was a neat way for those two worlds to collide. Yeah, that's cool. Um, Let's talk about, uh, about the new best friends, Punk and Dax Harwood.
1: So I had a thought yesterday Because I don't know who's behind this, whether Dax is just like Tony, trust me or Tony Khan actually believes in him, which I wouldn't be shocked by, but we've called this months ago. People will make the like argument that Dax is a wrestler of the year candidate given his singles matches and the tag matches. And I'll listen to it. If someone can make a, like a very compelling argument that's like really fun to listen to and they're like really passionate about it yeah I'll listen to it but uh largely I'm just like the, that guy's mid as fuck so like I <laughs> I, I, I I like immediately like dismiss it three star Jones over here like I I just I don't know he doesn't do anything for me and all he does is run his mouth which is like I guess that's the thing that he learned from punk The most was just like be a real asshole and try to corner the market when he's done. Dude, he's everyone is basically on the same page. Even I'm an, I'm a big CM Punk fan. This sucks. Like I can't really defend him and his actions, you know, post brawl out in the press conference. He's like the one dude. Well, that there's a lot of like, seeing punk fans out there who are like it's it's pretty toxic i don't know if you if you've seen the posts and the tweets like people are really really defending this dude but dax is the only wrestler who's like really adamant that like no oh, punk's the best it's that none of this is his fault i'm like he uh bad vibes just bad vibes I, I think we should probably just move on from Brawlout. I don't think he was asked directly about it. I don't know. I don't know.
0: That vibes coupled with the rumor that he's feeling that he thinks their contract runs out in April of next year, and they are toying with the idea of just doing he thinks, matches. Uh,
1: you don't know when your contract runs out. You do work. I
0: mean, had trouble with it in MLW.
1: I it, saw that quote and I was like, you moron. <laughs> yeah, but you can like, there's people you can go to to be like, <laughs> or how do you not just have the original? Do you just sign a contract and not keep a copy? What? Whenever I saw that quote and he's like, I think it's April. I'm like you fucking do You don't know when your work contract is up. You're just going to like roll with the punches. And he's I think the FTR heel turn is coming sooner rather than later because they're going to have to go up against the acclaimed and someone's going to have to go heel. So maybe, I mean, WWE is the biggest villain in AEW. So anytime someone floats the possibility of like, we might leave, that's when you get booed and we'll talk about William Regal later. Um, but yeah, all all the DAC stuff, dude, I'm just like, why why are we giving him wh- what's up with the the dude with the hair? Why why can't we see him more? Why why are we fucking stuck with Dax? I like Cash. Cash is he seems like a like a cool dude. Oh. Even if he's just like, you know, the blue collar like all right, let, let's let's get in there and have a great match. I love Bret Hart. I'm like, yeah, I can <laughs> hang out with that dude. Not the fucking power bottom who is doing Bret Hart's spots and having two-and-a-half-star matchy.
0: Is that called?
1: <laughs> <sighs> yeah, dude, I'm not a fan of Dax at all. But someone's got to keep Punk's name alive, I guess, so there's that. Um, What else do you want to get to? We're cruising right along, man.
0: We are cruising right along. Wow, we had a lot of, like, small news things, but we're motoring through it.
1: I will say... As someone who's pretty anti WWE, you want to talk a little uh, Survivor Series?
0: Yeah, they they did a a they did a show. They did a show and they did it different. No traditional four on four elimination matches. We did two war games matches instead. I I thought the
1: tradition was five on five, or it started off four v four and then five, right? uh,
0: like I think that. they've
1: gone back and forth so many yeah. times.
0: But uh, I mean, I knew 4x4 because of Boink the Clown and the three dinks against Jerry Lawler and the three little people dressed like kings. So that's how I always remember.
1: <laughs> hey, in SmackDown, shut your mouth. It's 3v3. Fuck the rules. Do whatever you want.
0: I thought we were done talking about FPR. We're supposed to move on here. <laughs> <laughs> um.
1: in, the, in, our, in our group chat, I started referring to them as FTD. I fuck these dorks, but uh, yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I I don't want to be the person that's just like I hate FTR. I'm just like I are. I don't know, man. (laughs) I am though, but I'm like I, I I. I just I. They're not above criticism. No one's above criticism. All these cornet people are just like ftr is like the reincarnation of you know anyway
0: i don't understand why do you buy a ticket to go front row dynamite and wear a cornet shirt like you paid a lot of money for that ticket
1: speaking of which okay this dude who who runs (laughs) yeah yeah you know who i'm about to call out right (laughs) now this is me oh man okay so this this week's dynamite, which we'll get to is in Indianapolis. This same dude goes to all the Chicago shows, buys a front row seat, dressed up like a referee and like inserts himself into the match. So whenever people get close, he'll like talk to the manager or whatever. And be like, you're out of here. And he'll like chat with the wrestlers. Like one, two, get back in the ring. bro." Whenever we end up going to All Out t- 2023, we're gonna drop this dude on site. He's not gonna <laughs> know what's coming to him. And then we're gonna have four other listeners be like, Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> it's so annoying. Imagine paying that much money. And you're just like, Cornet owns the young bucks. I'm like I saw a really? site, Meltzer fears Cornet. Who fucking cares? And you know Cornet gets such a kick out of that that he's getting these mouth breathers to just like spout his bullshit all over the place like some kind of mouth breathing mentally challenged Johnny Appleseeds. Money like, dude, pocket. this is insane. Fuck in it. That's how he makes his money. This is the gimmick. Anyone who thinks that Cornet's being like legitimately himself, they're they're not i got a nigerian prince for you to meet so so anyway (laughs) wwe's premium live event survivor series war games i like the intro the intro was kind of cool um you've been watching a lot more wwe than i have uh because i'm basically like no it's the same shitty thing (laughs) like you're not going to trick me nice try uncle paul but you're not going to trick me. Um, (laughs) The last time our group of friends were like, let's watch a WWE show together was the Royal rumble. And I wanted to drown myself. It was the worst. I absolutely hated it. (laughs) And I couldn't watch the whole show. I didn't watch the whole show. I would just be like, this fucking sucks. And then I dip out for half an hour and then someone would be like, oh, snap, can you believe this? And then I turn in and be like, yeah, this still sucks. Uh, All of that said, I made it through the whole show. Wow. And I I didn't hate it. Now, were there points where I was incredibly bored? Uh Yes. Uh, Just about every single match, uh, I started looking at my phone and doing other things. And my big picture thoughts on the show, I'm thankful for WWE because I can watch that product and then turn around and watch Dynamite on Wednesday and I'm just totally rejuvenated (laughs) into the AEW product where I'm just like, oh my, thank God this exists and like the only wrestling out there isn't just like it's it's something over in Japan or it's WWE those are your only options uh i'm oh, dude it was nice it was really really nice and i'll tell take a guess as to what was my favorite match on the show
0: i'm going to go with on the show i'm gonna go with the triple threat match
1: i liked the majority of the women's war games match
0: that was my second guess for you that
1: was which was which is not very like me because i don't like war games matches and i don't like the way that wwe does their women's division very well thought out everything went good. But like the thing that falls apart in war games matches, like it did in the men's is like, you're kind of just waiting around and people kind of just end up doing spots and, Oh, now we got to set up the table match or the table spot in the match. And yeah, it was, it was a lot. Um, but the storytelling was really good. Um, I know nothing about Bailey's faction. It's got a, Oh, who was, um, don't don't help um shit oh man um io Shirai
0: huh?
1: and dakota kai you got her they were really good um i'd never seen a full match of bianca Belair's before she's fine she's not like amazing by any means but like after watching her in this match, I'm like, they can afford to lose Sasha Banks. Like, let's oh, let's
0: be, let's be real. I yeah.
1: think they were treating her kind of like the replacement. Sorry, what'd you say?
0: I said, Bianca's like their big deal now, for sure. She's the one that's getting the yeah.
1: good push. Um, And again, I know nothing about what Becky Lynch is up to. I hear that her and Seth Rollins are just super cringe. I didn't mind her, some of her stuff. Dude, there was one point where she was face to face with somebody. Was it I think it was Bailey? And she was just like she, it was something oh, like, You bitch, yeah. you bitch, and said it like eight times, and I'm like, Okay, this is this is really weird. Yeah, that was um <laughs> Yeah. So wa- watching this whole show, I was like, it's Largely fine like uh, Dominic Mysterio Is insanely uncharismatic It's like it's wild Like they're walking To the ring and he can't like Time it right Like he's kind of like not sure how to walk Oh my god he's Like sad. what the fuck Do what? Yeah Like you're Rey Mysterio's kid and you like It looks like he has two left feet And like there's something wrong, like, so, s- in his head. Like, he's just off. Like, he gets dizzy. Like, I I don't know. I can't explain it. Like, I I was amazed. And I I promise I'll let you get to your your <laughs> WWE <laughs> premium live event thoughts. But all of these people in WWE make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And they just seem so out of touch with the public. It's like a, it's a very weird vibe that I get from everyone on the roster where it's just like, they're kind of in their own weird bubble and they don't really like interact with fans like at all. And the only fans that they do interact with are like the fucking weirdos that you just block and do whatever, or the people that are just like, I I, I think you're really cool. And Raya Ripley, it's really cool when you come out and you do the big stomp on the stage. It, it, it's stuff like that. So the two big picture thoughts. The first is everyone's incredibly rich in a totally separate tax bracket and they're out of touch with reality, basically. And it's it's kind of like this weird... Performance art thing that's barely wrestling, it's bizarre, it's really bizarre. And that leads me to the people that are into WWE. I get it because that's the only way that you've seen it done, and like that's that's the right way to you. It's kind of like baby's first wrestling, where it's like whenever you're exposed to that, it kind of takes forever. To break out of it because they're so good at controlling their narrative and just the overall narrative of wrestling, where it's like none of this existed before us and nothing else matters. And you can buy into that. It's crazy, but you can. And so I don't necessarily fault the people who are like outspoken WWE fans. It's just not for me. And I'm so thankful I have an alternative. So, yeah, that said. This this show was like three and a half hours. Tony Khan takes some freaking notes, um, but yeah, other than that, I was just like, it, it was fine, largely unoffensive. Didn't do anything for me. I'm not gonna remember anything from this show, like at all, which is wild. Um, but yeah, that's that's my thought. I I don't know the next time I'll watch a show, but I was like, eh, it's fine. But I will say it made Dynamite last night that much better. I was like, "Oh, wrestling's fucking sick!" I was like hooting and hollering. I'm like, "This is the best." I don't know, dude. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really glad that I did it. And this isn't me being like passive aggressive or like shitty. Like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm really thankful for the experience because I'm just like, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's very reaffirming. So, I liked it. What did you think? <laughs> I uh,
0: the women's war game match was just kind of there. It was inoffensive, but it felt like it was just the war games match for the sake of a war games match, and ran into all the typical problems war games matches run into, like we just talked about, where you're just waiting for the match to start because that's literally in the description. Like the match doesn't start until it's halfway over. Um, yeah, I was extremely underwhelmed but not surprised at Finn slash Prince Devitt and AJ Styles. Um, That was such a bummer. That reminded me a lot of when AJ and Brian Danielson had their match at a Rumble in like 2017 or 2018 and it was like, man, AJ Styles and the American Dragon and it was just like a fucking snooze fest. Um, There is a common denominator between these two matches and it might just be that AJ Styles is at the end of his run and not that good anymore.
1: Or he's just cashed on the checks, and he's just like he doesn't have to just go crazy it right now. Like, it, it, the comp that came to my mind was this was my it was my final straw. It was the last WrestleMania I watched, the one where him and Nakamura they yeah. like were kicking each other in the dick or whatever. I was much. like, that's what you do with these guys. These guys could have a match of the year contender, and they're out here being like, I'm evil. Uh, so that
0: that sucked um ronda versus Shotzi was so bad i don't <laughs> even want to talk about it past just saying their names um i was pleasantly surprised by the triple threat
1: <laughs> can i say one quick thing about that women's match
0: i mean i'm gonna cry but go ahead
1: <laughs> i fucking hate the people online if you're if your online avatar is uh shotzy blackheart you are like your your opinions just immediately like you don't you don't matter that's like an instant like i don't want to say block or report but it's like it's an instant like mute like i never want to see you come up again if that's if that's your person where it's like oh he's so cool oh, fuck So
0: hey. i was watching this uh this all women's indie show back um, Pre AEW, so it was either 2017 or 2018. Um it nice was, story tracks so far? It was a Rise show. So, like, they did an all women's show. I can't remember if that, I think they're just all women's promotion, but um, it was Shotzi Blackheart against Miranda Alize. And Miranda was running with this, like, superstar gimmick. And Shotzi cut a promo before the match and got her pop by calling Miranda the pooper star. And that was when I phoned it in on Shotzi Blackheart as a wrestler. So uh, that pretty much answered all of it. And I then I learned she literally sold, like, pictures of her own shit online. And it was like... Um,
1: Do you remember whenever she was making fun of AEW? Oh specifically, Chris Jericho. Holy Chris Jericho was like, funny, you're never going to fucking work here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then she, like, started botching like crazy. And then people were like, what the fuck, dude? dude?" And then she she deleted Twitter.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. She's so bad. Like, it's awful. Um, Yeah, so that match was the drizzling shits. But, like, listen, I don't really like Bobby Lashley. I find Seth Rollins to be, like, repulsive to watch. And Austin Theory is the definition of a walking dial tone. But, goddamn, that match actually entertained me. I was surprised. It was...
1: it was fine. I'm. They're doing this weird fucking thing with Bobby Lashley where it's like, how can you never fully pull the trigger on this dude? <laughs> like, it's so baffling to me. Like I looked it up. Apparently he had a title run um, a, a year or so ago. A really
0: inoffensive. Spurt
1: it run. was like during the pandemic or something like that. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. But like, how has it taken this long before like, we still haven't gotten Lashley versus Lesnar. No, and they've been it. around... S- they have? Yeah. Was it good?
0: Head. Um, It was... Shows you
1: had a to touch mine. high.
0: Um, yeah, they did, at the, uh, they did it at the... They did it at the Blood Money show because the prince wanted it. Oh,
1: yeah, those shows don't... Yeah. Are those canonical or is that like Fever Dream where, where they were just like... Whoa, what a weird show.
0: I think it kind of depends on what happened. Like, I'm sure they'd like to pretend that Undertaker Goldberg didn't happen with a near-death concussion and one of the worst spectacles I've ever seen in my life, but...
1: One of my favorite clips ever is whenever Goldberg tries to jackhammer the fiend. Oh
0: my god, that was...
1: Motherfucker just, like, dead weights himself, (laughs) and Goldberg (laughs) almost breaks in half, like, trying to pull... (laughs) Brett Hart's laughing just as hard as we are.
0: <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Bret
1: Hart. <laughs> so, all of that said, uh, finish up what you were saying. Like, so, uh, the, the triple threat match was fine. It was good. Yeah,
0: yeah I um, I, I, enjoy, I had really low expectations, so it definitely over delivered for me. If I expected it to be great, I would have said it was just fine, but I expected awful, so I was pretty happy.
1: I, I had very mixed feelings watching it because I'm like one of them is this weird, like pedophile type guy, like literally in Austin theory. Uh, one of them is this guy that they never really pulled the trigger on, but he's like everything that you could want. Like if you booked a promotion and you didn't just like base a huge chunk of your booking around Bobby Lashley, like what the fuck are you even doing? And then you've got someone like Seth Rollins who's like, yeah dude he's he's really good but like for some reason he does all this cringe go away heat stuff i'm just like i don't i don't know man like i just i don't see it his his closing stuff in the match is always really solid he always puts a lot of thought and pulls things off very smooth so in the last like closing stretch of a match Seth Rollins is I think he's up there with just about anybody. And that's probably the nicest thing I can say about him. But he's definitely like he does the house style now. So yeah, watching this match, I'm just like, I'm not pulling for anybody. Like oh, this yeah. is so bizarre. Hey, I it's like no- Bobby Lashley, I guess.
0: Um yeah. Main events. Um It's unreal how good El Generico Sammy zane is at anything he does. It's it makes
1: me so mad that he's wasted in this company
0: is in a league of his own i mean
1: but it it seems like he's getting his roses though like everyone loves his current stuff
0: oh my god it is like he is this is for that company this is a generational story like something you'll be hearing about 20 years down the road remember that thing with roman and sammy and Uso. and without sammy it's not the same thing like Mr. Generico deserves all the credit in the world for what he's It makes
1: on. me want to go back and watch the uh, match he had with Johnny Knoxville that I never saw uh, It's probably garbage but... Hardcore
0: comedy match um, If you go into it expecting mindless comedy like expecting to watch Jackass in a wrestling ring, you'll have a good time sure. There are some funny Jackass spots like that. If you expect anything else, you're going to have a bad time But if you go into it for just like what would Jackass in a wrestling ring be? You will have some laughs.
1: laughs. I uh yeah, so all of that said, the match itself was fine. This oh, was yeah. the one where I saw I saw the lineup and I was like, oh my god, how can I miss this match? Yeah. Oh, this and then I fun. remember that it's a war games match, and I was like, ah, oh, there's a reason why I don't yeah. want, like war games matches. Yeah. Um I thought the women's match was way better than this because it was structured better. Maybe it's just because I don't give a shit about the Roman Reigns storyline. I and mean, like
0: that, that was the payoff, right?
1: That was the big Right, thing. but like, which and is the Uso, the Uso that doesn't... And, and but and that's the thing. thing. It's like, I just don't know the story because it's like, yeah. it's moved. Like, okay, so I know the story, but I don't know the, the quote-unquote intricate details where it's like, there's one Uso that's like, yeah, I like you. There's another Uso who's like, I don't know about this. and then there's this new guy. There's a new Uso who's like he he was fine. He looked good. What was his name?
0: Uh, well, he goes by solo Sakoa now, but he was cephapha too when he did the dark appearances and stuff.,
1: Oh, uh, uh, that's where I know him from. Yes, okay okay I was, from. I was like, I'm like, this guy looks really familiar, that's why. But I don't watch I don't watch the next show. Ooh. You know uh, on the you usa network <laughs> oh my god um uh, okay that, a- that makes me feel like i'm not crazy you know? well part of me felt like i was racist where i was like i've seen this guy before oh, you somewhere. Really have
0: seen this guy before
1: yeah good for <laughs> me um and then there's the Sami Zayn stuff and it's just like he's Uh, I don't know how he got injected into the story, but I'm sure that they're glad that he did. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I wasn't, I didn't pay attention until after he was well into it. And then it was like, Oh shit, Sammy's amazing at this too. All right.
1: So much of it was like high school level, like stage acting though, where I'm just like, I couldn't imagine watching this every single week. Like that backstage segment where they showed, uh, Kevin Owens which feels so gross to say out loud. Yeah. Kevin Steen and Generico were talking but then oh, uh, yeah, yeah. one of one of the Usos yeah. was in the door listening I, like a pervert through the door. <laughs> and then confronted him afterwards and then they cut to the locker room and that Uso tells Roman Reigns exactly what happened. And I'm like they really treat their fans like idiots. <laughs> I'm like what are we are wasting time. Like this was a very fast show, but there's so much like, ah, oh, I saw him doing this, and then we watch a video about it too, to just really hammer it home. I'm like, this is wild. I can't imagine there are they on. They're on SmackDown. I can't imagine tuning in every single Friday night. Like, oh, all right, let's see this storyline move at a glacial pace. No one is allowed to like criticize Tony Khan's long-term booking at (laughs) all, at all. This is insane because I'm not even watching the show, but like this has been the story for like two years now where it's just like, I don't know. This is kind of what's going on. Uh, I don't know. I'm out on all of it. Like how you can have those 10 dudes in this match. And it's just like fucking three stars. I'm like, you, you got to reinvent the wheel here. Like, jeez, or what is it? You got to break the wheel, break the wheel and reinvent it. I don't know the freeze, but whatever their machine is, it's fucking broken because it did not feel like that big of a deal halfway through the match. Um, <clears throat> Sorry. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I was bummed because you see you see the 10 names and you're like, oh, snap. Or nine of them because I didn't know uh, who the Ridge Holland guy. Is he good?
0: He's fine.
1: Because I think I saw one of his matches uh, or some highlights of one of his matches from uh, NXT. And I was like, this guy could be something.
0: He's one of like the sports recruit guys. I think he used to be like a rugby player or something to that effect.
1: Why are we still calling Pete Dunn Butch? Like what are we what are we doing? Anyway. I think they're gonna anyway. go I think that's gonna go like the Jungle Boy Jack Perry route where it
0: turns into Pete Butch Dunn and just kinda run with it. 'Cause he does have his old trunks back and he's getting to be a little closer to Pete Dunn again a little bit. So
1: I think they're just gonna It just reminded me of a bunch of the same Vince McMahon bullshit wherever I would see this dude and I'd be like, Why isn't this dude a star? Or I'm watching this match and I'm like, Where's Tyler Bate? Like for real?
0: Anyway. Yeah, they brought like they brought Tyler Bate over, and they brought B Priestley over. They did like a match, and we haven't seen them since. Poor Ilya got hurt. And...
1: See, dude, we we should have just stopped at me like giving the compliment. Yeah, to them. Uncle Paul and being like Survivor Series. I'm I'm glad I watched that because right. the longer I talk about WWE, the more pissed off I'm going to get. On a
0: positive, there's a really cute post. Cute photo of Triple H doing the point with Johnny and Candace's baby, and it's adorable.
1: <laughs> All right, I'm. Um, yeah, I, I'm not. I can't say anything positive. I'm glad they have a kid. I guess I don't know.
0: <laughs> All right, so dynamite.
1: They're just cringy Disney people. I don't know. Like I, I, I don't know. Yeah, they wrestle on SmackDown. They're SmackDown people, right? I don't
0: know, but the kid's cute.
1: Speaking of Q, yeah, I got no segue for you. Let's review Dynamite. Um Just let's the
0: number talk... of letters fuse, so let's light the fuse and go.
1: Let's let's talk about William Regal real quick. Um Vermil is flying. So Dave came out and said that expect regal to be leaving soon and then people were like i thought he signed a three-year deal and then Meltzer was like oh that's right he signed a three-year deal yeah but people were like well hold on because i think it was like for maybe a year maybe eight months and then there's like a a three-year option which is fucking crazy to be like yeah here's an eight-month trial and if you like it here's a three-year contract um. So the rumors are He's interested in WWE I have no feel on this whatsoever And I have no inside information I saw one rumor Which I don't know if it was a rumor Or if it was Like confirmed or not Dave said that he has Inside info on this story But he doesn't feel comfortable sharing it which makes me feel like there was an altercation backstage. The rumor that I heard was he was talking about WWE with some of the younger talent and Tony Khan walked in and freaked out. That could just be fan speculation. I don't know. That could just be a weird game of telephone. Um, But if William Regal's contract tampering on behalf of Connecticut I could very well see Tony Khan just been like, "Hey, how about you get the fuck out of here?" Um, all of this is very bizarre. Uh, it led to a segment that we'll talk about in a bit. Uh, what? How? How are you feeling about all this stuff?
0: The other, the other rumor I've been hearing going about is that one of the reasons that we did kind of this this out clause so soon was in case. Triple H came back and had some type of rise got into power because regs and trips are are broskies. so that was kind of built in there as a, a good fate thing like hey we know he's your guy if if that happens no hard feelings go about your way just kind of finish out your program and we'll we'll move on with life um, I hadn't really heard much about
1: any ideas of like a backstage thing
0: with rigs um when we get to the segment later i will say there was something that felt off about him in it um yeah didn't seem like himself i don't know if if i'll get into it later but there's some some fishy feelings with how it how it played out i I don't know that we see Regal again in AEW. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go back very soon. I really hope that anything about contract tampering would be just fan stories because that is some scumbag level shit. Um, I don't really know. What to and that's sense. what
1: I'm saying. Like, there's no real wrestling journalists, and so like a lot of the speculation is kind of just like it's still fucking carny what's a work what isn't um fuck it let's get into it now mjf's title celebration um mjf comes out uh reveals the master plan and the email that regal sent him um unveils the new title do i predict
0: the big
1: the big burberry belt uh he didn't then, make
0: uh, Burberry Championship. It was right fucking there.
1: Could you fucking imagine them trying to sell that t-shirt?
0: Number one seller, shopAEW.com alongside Scissor Me it Dad, just Dad, beat and whatever like the Wardong Gets Me Pregnant shirt was. <laughs>
1: is gonna owe me so much money whenever he finds out our online nickname for him. Um yeah. <laughs> Wardong. Um which would start off as a typo, not just like needlessly gay for no reason. Um speaking of which, I just got the notification on Twitter, Tits Alexander is uh in Bola this year. Um let's go, Tits. Yep. So if 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 some degenerate gambler is giving you odds on Bola, put, put a couple bucks on uh, old Titus. Um, so yeah, so there's a Burberry title. I hate it. I think it, it sucks. You can barely see the difference. So I'm just like, I, I, I get what they're doing. It's WWE shit because like I said, that's the biggest heel in the company. And so you do that kind of stuff, but I just, I'm not a big custom title guy. I do like I I you called it immediately. You were like he's custom title. I, I was hoping for just a
0: Burberry too. I I did not yeah,
1: hesitate. I was hoping for just a brand new title. I was like, "Oh, let's go." Like I like I like a a new I title kind of kick the, off I mean, the rain. Do what sorry, repeat that. So that was choppy.
0: When he does lose it right like I don't want this Burberry shit and then we do unveil a brand new one
1: yeah well at least this one doesn't spin um alright so set set up the end of the segment
0: yeah so he reads reads the email kind of goes on his little diatribe and says like hey I have something for you Regal and he goes out to grab the brass knucks like he's going to hand them back to Reegs as a thank you I, I thought the setup was going to be that the brass knocks were also imprinted with like a Burberry pattern, but they didn't go quite that deep on it, so I was a little sad. About I would have it.
1: lost my, I would have, <laughs> I might have had a stroke if that happened. I'd be like, "This is the dumbest shit ever."
0: AKA the most heel shit ever.
1: Uh no, <laughs> no, just the dumbest.
0: Pulls <laughs> out the brass knocks and. Like, it was, I mean, this was the most obvious turn in the world at this point. You knew when he read the email, and you knew when he pulled up the knocks that he was about to deck Reeks and he kind of goes on a long speech, works his way behind Regal, and cracks him in the back of the head. Um, kind of tacky, you can actually kind of see Regal putting a blood capsule into his mouth at one point, which is funny, because we never actually see the blood, really. But we saw him do the, the capsule spot, so that was awkward as hell. But MJF cracks Reeks. Well, yeah, because
1: WWE doesn't allow blood.
0: No. So Riggs goes down, and I mean, they do a good job making it seem like the, the betrayal of the century. Um, I love, regardless of what's happening with Regal's contract and any plans there, I love heel MJF turning on Regal literally the split second he gets what he wants and casts him aside like a piece of dirt. I think that is fantastic to set up MJF's ultra super mega Thanos villain run. Um, that was an important step to it but Regal looked uncomfortable this entire time. Something about his face. He
1: was he was standing weird, wasn't he? he?
0: Was yeah, like we've seen the Regal where he looks like super giddy happy for violence. We've seen his default facial expressions in AEW, and this was like an awkward Sheldon Cooper stance where he didn't know how It just how seemed to like
1: understand. he was there.
0: Yeah, he didn't understand how to human anymore, and it was awkward as fuck. So I don't know what I don't know if I'm reading too much into that and maybe that was on purpose of some type of weird layering thing, but it was awkward as hell.
1: Uh, I think the thing that surprised me so much is because again, I feel like we are, I don't want to say the voice of reason, but we're uh, the majority of time. Whenever people are talking AEW, you and I are like, give it time. This story will make sense. Tony Khan, like, Right. There's there's a pattern that we go through. There's a formula. It it works. It just takes a fucking long time to get there, and we got to pay off in like two weeks. Um, I thought that this was going to stretch out, but if the rumor's true and Regal's done, you got to do it now. Um, it's not interesting to me if Regal leaves. That's kind of just like, whatever. I I don't, you can call the the combat club, something else. Um, yeah. maybe it's just me. I don't think Regal leaving is that big of a deal.
0: It's not, it's really not
1: like, I think WWE fans would make it seem like it's some kind of great get, which I'm, and I'm sure it is. I'm sure backstage. He's a great person. Oh, he's no longer, he's no longer going to be, you know, verbally undressing Excalibur on commentary. Um, But yeah, I, I'm more interested in getting your thoughts and having a conversation about what it would look like for Regal to stay in AEW because so many people are just like, Oh, he, what, what's he going to do in WWE? And it's like once a year, he's just going to go war games. And then the rest of the year, he's just going to be kind of like nodding along and giving advice and shit. Like, what does it look like for Regal to stay in AEW?
0: I think what it looks like for Regal to stay, the obvious pairing is with Brian Danielson. And I think you do run with that. And I think the combo you get to is eventually we'll work towards repairing Brian Danielson with Danny Garcia. And that being the new, I don't even want to call it a stable because those are the only two involved in it. So call it a, a pairing. A or man.
1: does Mox just leave? Does Mox just jet and just be like, I'm not part of this fucking group. Get well, out that's of here. what I mean.
0: Like, I don't think Mox is a part of it. I don't think Claudio is a part of it. I don't think Yuta is a part of it. I think it's just a Daniel Garcia, Daniel, uh, Brian Danielson thing where Regal comes back with them. And it's more of a, a true blue villain kind of thing rather, like, there are lines you don't cross, but we'll cheat to win, and we run with that angle, and it it gives a new angle to go with, with Brian Danielson's character, it makes sense with getting Danny Garcia paired up to him, because he's firmly, firmly established himself as a 10- to 15-year rival with Wheeler Yuta, as he should be, so we keep that going, having Wheeler with Claudio, I think that's, that's the path to go, if Regal is still around and they did leave that door open with Danielson hopping in the ambulance with Regal they didn't like this didn't necessarily feel like a write-off you could use it as one but it definitely
1: didn't have to be like that yeah it didn't it didn't didn't feel definitive
0: and then come back
1: so I wouldn't hate it if we end up doing some sort of faction war warfare where i mean mjf basically made up with the firm and was just like i don't fucking care And like you're high you're sorry what you cut off
0: we know that story went off the rails because of punk stokely said this on a podcast he was like this wasn't how it was supposed to go we were supposed to be in a program with punk he's not with the company we had to ad-lib in different orders he didn't actually specifically say the words. punk is not with the company he said someone's not with the company oh by the way we were supposed to work with punk (laughs) Um.
1: so i wouldn't be surprised if we end up building towards some sort of faction warfare between the blackpool combat club and mjf and the firm or some shit like that and regal still part of the team and they need mocks and there's this weird tension where it's just like, everyone's like, I listen, who hasn't done bad things? This is a group for bad people who were like reformed and, you know, (laughs) want to just be badasses." And so there's this weird, I I don't want to say uneasy Alliance because that's been WWE to death. Like, can they coexist? But it's like the idea of, Regal kind of being a snake in the grass, and it's like he's kind of he's the patriarch of this faction, but you can never fully trust him because whenever he gets a better opportunity, he's gonna fucking stab you in the back. There's, but it's like it's worth being in that faction. Like you're taken care of, you know. People have your back. It's a faction based promotion. I I think there's a story there that could be really interesting because of the people involved. I think that story itself isn't the best, but with the people involved, it would be an interesting enough story. Um, I, I I would not mind going in that direction. I think it would be a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely. I think that can lead to a cool version of a heel mox in the long run too. Like that'd be a neat way to kind of slowly bridge that gap as well.
1: Yeah. I just don't know if we're going to get that anytime soon. Unless he starts going heel on hangman. Um, My favorite segment of the show was John Moxley coming out and just being like, I'm pissed off. This is my company. This is my ring. I, I better get some credit because no one back there's got the balls to come say that to my face that I don't own this place. And then hanger comes out, gets a massive reaction. (laughs) box starts talking some shit and they just start fighting and this is the first this This is the first time where it feels like two genuine stars in AEW who are established are just like I fucking hate you and they're just going to war Uh, a lot of the time it takes a lot of setup a lot of like um, oh like all that aside this is just two people been like you hurt me in a match. And now you're talking shit about it. We're fighting and it's probably going to set up for a Texas death match at winter is coming. And I'm going to lose my mind because that is like, that's a pay-per-view match. Mm -hmm. And doing that on free TV is a huge deal.
0: I, I said this in our chat too. I, if they keep that feud going, maybe that's the return of the exploding barbed wire deathmatch with a ring that actually fucking blows up. And honestly, Hangman Mox makes a little more sense for that match. I think that would be a good a good pairing for that style of a match.
1: Yeah, I um I I genuinely genuinely like that segment and then they kept brawling in the back and it's like
0: and then they threw them out and that's when regal showed up after oh my gosh that is that is good shit
1: excellent timing um so yeah those were the the segments that were a big deal let's talk about the matches we started off with brian danielson uh defeating ftr bottom in just under 15 minutes um Come on, you gotta laugh audibly. It's bad audio for the <laughs> listeners if you just totally stop. Um, I liked this match. Currently on Cage Match, it's an eight point one three. Which that's, guys? That's guys.
0: Excessive.
1: That's not a four star match. No, like it was. It was good. It was good. That, that's
0: a solid three and a half for.
1: If they did this match on Raw, people would be losing their fucking minds. They'd be like, oh my God, they just had a match of the year contender. Um, Yeah, I thought it was fine. It was a great way to start the show. Uh, 15 minutes, though, for Dax to be going was it was oh, pretty long. long, pretty long. Okay. That said, though, you give me like Danielson and Claudio versus FTR that's the match i'd rather see fuck this singles match give me that tag match that sounds amazing uh what'd you think of the match
0: yeah i, th- I think we said it already there's there's okay. nothing to add to it it was a solid opener it was i i enjoyed the little spot at the end of the match where dax takes the walk and comes back i didn't mind that at all that was cute um I got nothing really more to say about it. I'm not going to go back and watch it again ever like
1: uh. How rad was it to see Samoa Joe fighting AR Fox? That I like whenever I saw that match announced I was like this is this is cool. This is genuinely cool. This is like something it's like if uh this was uh if aaw was doing this in chicago i'd be like i might drive to chicago like that that would be a cool match to see in person
0: i think the thing that i loved about this too is to my knowledge this is the first time like ar fox was the first it is to outsmart joe on the fake uh the fake walk away oh
1: I, I see
0: what you're saying sorry yeah. like i Didn't think AR right. Fox first one to do it in aew where you like spot joe walking away and and combo out of it basically, and I thought that was cool to give give him that moment. And I I mean, we already knew Air Fox had been offered a deal. We already knew he signed. They actually bloopered, and not the roster page is perfectly accurate. They screw it up all the time, but they bloopered and put him on the roster page two weeks ago, and then took it down to wait for the graphics. So it was like the worst kept secret in history. But, just it's
1: kind of waiting for it. Yeah,
0: but it was it was really nice just to see that for for Fox because he's been around for so long and i mean we know why he wasn't signed to a major promotion for so long i'm not going to get into it here because it's bullshit but we know why it happened and it's nice that he's finally getting a moment and i cannot help but think but how much of an important mentor he can be for top Flight going down the road
1: or just anyone who's aerial absolutely like people who, who fly in the air you've got people like side allen fox backstage which I'm- by the way give me that tag team You put them in ROH? Dude. I almost said watch them fly. Holy shit. Uh, It's late. The puns are coming out.
0: uh, But the match was freaking awesome. I loved it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was good. I I wish it went more than six minutes, but it's 2022 and Joe's kind of just this is Joe. Yeah. Uh, Um, (laughs) Where do you think we're going next in this Samoa Joe Wardlow? powerhouse Hobbs story
0: I, I don't know because they need a match for Joe at final battle but Joe and Wardlow has to be for the TNT title not the ROH title like I, I guess maybe we're doing
1: Wardlow for the ROH title
0: like that's Hobbs is going to be running a, a longer arc for sure so he's the second one of the two of them to come for the the prize but
1: I'm kind of just waiting for the announcement for whatever our final battle is going to be before I'm like oh that makes sense
0: Yeah, I, whatever way they do that's um, enough but
1: let's see we're running low on time so we're going to skip Ricky Starks has to win the battle royal right yeah 100% Next week, um, he beat Ivari. I this needs more than twenty four seconds. Give me the rematch on Dark or Rampage or something. That could be really fun. Um, fucking Tony Khan. I understand you p- putting Willow Nightingale on TV. Yes, I totally agree with that. I think that she could be a star in the women's division. Let's go on a J on TV. The. Like, that's, that's the person that you want to pair her up with. Not like... Anyway. Um, the less said about that, the better. Um, that brings us to the main event.
0: Right, we skipped Mitch. segment, too, because we got Bow Wow in the house. Uh,
1: well, like I said, we're running low on time. Jay know, just I'm- came out and was been like, fuck little Bow Wow! And everyone's like, what? Who? What? Bow? What? If this leads, saying, I watched
0: that music video for the first time since like the seventh grade, so it's working.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know. We'll We'll see where it goes. We're We're probably gonna yeah. get intergentre like mixed tag I, at Winter is
0: The music video. That's all I needed about the segment.
1: <laughs> <gasps> um. Who's the the girl that's gonna be paired with Bow Wow? Here hogan here hogan and bow wow versus jade and Shaq. um book it now um i just want to see Shaq back in the ring um main event am i a crazy person for saying that this is the best match out of the uh the trio's best of seven so far i fucking love this I, lo- I loved it more than the pay-per-view match I loved it more than the Chicago match like think, they're all different I think that's
0: the story they're telling is we're getting one giant crescendo of every match stepping up another level that's that's the play and we I wouldn't be surprised if match seven goes 60 minutes I would not
1: oh I'm if called- if you just called your shot and that's how it goes I will I will be the happiest Person in the world right? that sounds incredible
0: like i i think that's um, the story we're getting here is these are the two best trios in the world and this this feels like a best of seven nba nhl stanley cup whatever the hell the nba trophy yeah called. like this feels like that and it is a fucking awesome dynamic and i'm so happy right now
1: <laughs> shout outs to uh celtic's great bill russell Miss that dude One of the greatest basketball players of all time Anyone who wants to have the Okay, separate, we can do this another time I love I love basketball The MJ LeBron Thing fucking played out If you want to have that conversation, go do it Wherever If you want to just be like, actually Bill Russell's the greatest player of all time Or like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Might be the greatest player of all time Now let's have a basketball conversation Those That's If you can defend that well, again, I would love to hear your argument and I would love to talk basketball. Anyway, um, I love this match. I love the fact that Death Triangle didn't go up 3-0 and the Elite have to win four in a row. This way, the matches are unpredictable because any one of the teams can win from here out until the 7th. And I think that that's an excellent story to tell. Uh, Omega being cocky at the end of the match was just chef's kiss. I mean, he was cocky throughout the entire thing. Um, I'm trying to think of everything that I liked. Like, so the first match was very much just like, we're going to out wrestle these guys. We're back yeah. and better than ever. Death Triangle had to cheat. Second match was, I mean, we
0: food, we're going to cheat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right the second match was the elite just being like, Oh, remember CM punk and like goofing around. And then the death triangle is like, we need to capitalize this. And they cheat yeah, to, win. to win. There's a, right. There's a story to mm-hmm. each one. And you'd better fucking bet that next week. Penta is going to use the hammer. Like, I that's just where we're going. Um, I was half expecting like Omega or one of the Jacksons to do it. Just be like, Fuck you. Um, I love this match. I thought it was a blast. Uh, Dude, if this just keeps building and keeps getting better, uh, I'm going to be happy because I think all six of these people are some of the best wrestlers in the entire world, and we're finally getting to see them showcase their absolute strengths.
0: I remember early on in Dynamite's days when people were arguing about who gets to be on the show and who doesn't get to be on the show. Meltzer said something along the lines of like, well, Ray Phoenix isn't on the show every week, so if you want to be on the show every week, you better be fucking better than a Ray Phoenix. And now we're getting Phoenix every week, and it's absolutely freaking incredible.
1: I've said for years, I think Phoenix is the most underrated wrestler in the world. Um there there is a Mysterio esque climb and chase to the world title that wouldn't make a ton of sense. I don't know if we're gonna get that. Um, it, it would be a blast to see. Um, what's your prediction for uh, the next match? We see the elite tie it up or Death Triangle. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter.
0: So it's because we're away. gonna get to seven eventually. Yeah, we have two weeks away, so.
1: Are we doing any? Are they doing anything on the week off? They have to be doing something.
0: I mean, there's probably going to be like a segment or something. I don't know, but yeah, we have a week off. That really throws a wrinkle into the trajectory because I mean, the Honestly, dude, I don't
1: winter is coming is going to be a fucking show. I don't
0: have a prediction. I don't.
1: Yeah.
0: Like I don't have a. Signal. I'm I'm guessing
1: they're just going to trade off wins. I mean, maybe. Um,
0: I keep wondering, like the big, the other big wrinkle is the other gap we have is Wrestle Kingdom. So the the elite lose to Death Triangle in Game Six after like battling back to go up three two, and then have to come back from Wrestle Kingdom and do it. Like, I just, I don't, I don't have a read on how it's going to go, and that makes me really happy.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's. I I don't even
0: want to guess. I'm happy just waiting to see. I
1: know the ride is so good. And uh, the fact that we just get Wayward Son is like the go-to theme. I I don't understand the people who are just like so triggered over this. They're being like, who? They were expecting a sing-along. Like, who are these dorks? I'm like, are you serious? Like,
0: how about you? I heard a sing-along.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's cool. Well, one, they're in Indiana, so yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I was like, yeah, this is. I I think it's cool. I there's a legitimate billionaire in charge of a wrestling company and just does shit like this. He paid for pixies. Where is my mind? And then as soon as he got the song that the talent won, he was like, well, I'll pay for this other song too. That's insane. <laughs> Where he's just like, yeah, we have pixies, but uh, yeah, we'll just buy Jane. i like, come on. He's throwing around money and I, there's a certain point where I just hope everyone gets like a licensed song. Like that'd be so rad. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we go?
0: I'm just so happy with this series. Like, I feel like a kid. Again. I think
1: AEW is in awesome shape.
0: Bent, phenomenal.
1: And if you don't watch survivor series and then dynamite and you're like, Oh yeah. WWE's better. I I Okay. Okay. Just
0: on Ariel (laughs) Hawani.
1: Oh fuck that guy. Um I can't start on that dude. Not right now. That's the show. (laughs) I'm Jake. I'm Mitch. We're the Bingo Hall Boys.